time to screw the norms. To fit in, we often hide what's on our minds, who we really are, or who we want to be, or even what we want to do. But now you're having the right conversations. Here, we'll talk about sex, relationships, and mental health, and how they interact with each other and so many other aspects of life. Shame can't survive when we're honest and curious with each other and ourselves. It's time for your mind to scream less and for you to screw more. I'm Rachel Wright, a non-monogamous queer psychotherapist and your host. You've probably figured this out by yourself by now, but if you own a vulva, did you know that there is a three in five chance that having penetrative sex doesn't result in an orgasm? Enter Zumio. <laughs> Zumio is a one-of-a-kind toy with the sole purpose of providing a unique, stimulating experience. And guess what? It doesn't even vibrate. It rotates with a concentrated pinpoint energy that allows you to control how and where you use it. There are four different models specifically designed for your personal intensity preferences. And Zumio is great for vulva mapping and exploring the rest of your body, whether that is solo or with a partner. Check out www.myzumio.com slash Rachel, that's R-A-C-H-E-L, for a special discount for the Right Conversations listeners and take control of your orgasms today. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode three of the Right Conversations. Today, we are having a conversation about identifying, managing, and communicating your emotions with my friend and colleague, Julia Christina, who is a therapist in Vancouver. She is a master therapist and mindset coach who helps smart, empathetic people get past anxiety, stress, and self-doubt so that they can have better, live better, and feel better. She is unfucking believable. And when I first had this uh, idea for the podcast, okay, well, let's be, let's be honest. My Insta fam had the idea for the podcast. <laughs> so when I accepted the idea for the podcast, um, the first thing that I did was ask the community, what do you want to learn about? What do you want to learn about? And I took everything that everyone submitted and started tallying things and created a spreadsheet because I'm a giant fucking nerd. And one of the things that came up over and over and over and over again was this idea of emotion and not knowing where to even start. We don't get taught in school how to identify our emotions past, you know, I feel happy. Cool. Cool, bro. Great, great story. So today we are going to deep dive into all things emotions. I hope that you enjoy this conversation. I am so excited you're here, Julia. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have this conversation and especially to be having this conversation with you, Rachel. Ah, well, vice versa. It's just, I adore you and your work. And will you, speaking of your work, will you give everyone listening just a brief, I know I just like saying your praises a couple seconds ago, but just a brief, like who you are, what you do, where they may have seen you, because they probably have 
Yeah, yeah. No, I'm a therapist and I call myself a therapeutic coach. Um, and just hey, really, same. Do you? Yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> We're two therapeutic coaches. And uh-huh, therapists. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. And I say that the work that I do is mostly around like regular people problems, right? Do a lot of like anxiety and depression and self-doubt and stress and overwhelm and pretty much everything all of us have been feeling over the last couple of years yeah. and just really help people navigate through their thoughts and their emotions so that they can feel more in charge of their minds and emotions um, instead of feeling like their emotions are always kind of dictating them and driving them. They feel mm. like they are in the driver's seat of their own lives, more or less, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, just really helping figure out, helping people figure out how to make being human a little easier. Oh, I love all of that. I'm like, I, <laughs> I do such similar work, but hearing you say it, I'm like, that sounds great. Can I meet with you? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, you know where oh, to find me. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'll text you later. So t- today's conversation is about identifying, managing, and communicating your emotions. And I know that each of these, the identifying, the managing, and the communicating could honestly be like four hours each. Um, so perhaps we'll have a part two. Uh, but I do want to try in, you know, our 30 minutes that we have together to try to give everybody some, some tools and insight around these three things. So can we start with identifying? Yeah. So it's a, it's a big one and it's going to really differ where you're at as far as identifying. I've learned a lot over the past couple of years. So I have a membership community where people come in with all different needs in all different stages, but just again, like wanting to think better, to feel better, to do better and have better for their lives. And so I teach them how to do that. And the first week of the program is really about identifying emotions. And it's been so interesting to see that some people come in and they just sort of breeze through week one, week lesson one. And some people just like stay there for like Mm. a good amount of time. And they're like, wow, like this was a lot. And so for people listening, it's going to really vary where you're at. For you, you're like, yeah, I can totally identify my emotions. You know, I grew up being able to like talk about how I was feeling and yeah. being encouraged to do that. And some of you are going to be like, I don't even know what a feeling is. Like, I don't, I know like happy, mad, sad, and maybe jealous. Like, like the primary colors of feelings. Exactly. Yeah. And not, I don't even know fully what those feelings are when I'm feeling them. Right. And that's going to really depend a lot on how you were brought up and what you were taught and told and experienced and exposed to. So there's really no right or wrong when it comes to identifying emotions. But what we want to do is, is learn how to do it for some of us and get better at it for others of us, because we aren't taught this stuff in school. So when it comes to just so dumb, it's, I mean, right. Like emotional intelligence is like the number one human skill we need, but we don't learn it. <laughs> yes. We, we learn so many useless things, how to get the area of a triangle, but like <laughs> not able to say I'm feeling nervous about this thing yeah. and here's how to communicate about it. It's just, yeah. wild. it's, it is wild. Right. And I mean, and I'm a therapist and I teach this and I talk about this and I still have to take a minute sometimes to like take a step back and really identify. And that's what we're going to talk more about today. Right. Yeah. But really just so an emotion just kind of at its bare bones is a physiological sensation in our bodies. 
right? A lot of us don't even know, like, what is an emotion? It's just, a, it's a physiological sensation uh, that happens within our bodies. Now, the interesting part is I've also learned, this is new to me, is some people don't experience their emotions in their bodies. Very few, but I've come across people like, I don't feel anything in my body. It's all in my head. Mm. Right. I feel my feelings in my head. I don't have this when I'm nervous. I don't have this flipping feeling in my stomach. When I'm angry, I don't have this sort of like tight feeling in my chest. When I'm embarrassed, I don't have this kind of tingling feeling that goes over my body. Right. But we're going to talk to the more sort of the norm or like the more common experience of feeling our emotions in our bodies. And if you don't, then call Rachel or I and uh, we can work with you on that. (laughs) It's wild, Julia, as you said that, because I also have that experience where the majority of people that I work with definitely feel their emotions in their bodies and myself included. And I have had clients where they're like, I don't feel anything. And it's not that they're not in touch with it. It's not that they're not like, it's truly not in their body. And as someone who feels emotions very physically, it's so hard for me to conceptualize, like, how could you be so nervous and not have the stomach flippy thing? Like, that'd be so wild. How would I know I was nervous? Right? Yeah, Yeah. I know. It's so I don't I don't really know how to like, explain that one, but definitely something I kind of want to look into more and what's going on there. If it's a repression or if it's just a different way of being. Yeah. Like, is it wiring? Flag this. We will come back. back (laughs) So yeah. So for most of us, just noticing that an emotion, you know, is just a physiological sensation in our body. So once we kind of demystify it in that way, we're like, okay, like this is what's happening right now. You know, like I feel my breath is getting more shallow. You know, I might feel this like hot feeling in my head. I might feel these like this sort of warm sensation, this kind of warm wash going over my body. Like this is just what an emotion is. It's a physiological sensation in our bodies that is more often than not generated by like conscious or unconscious thoughts going through our minds or even semi-conscious thoughts going through our minds. And so for me, like just like this is the whole kind of first lesson. Um, we go into a little more detail on it, but the whole first lesson in my program is that we just really just see like demystifying the whole thing, being able to identify what's going on and being able to just take a step back and working on just observing like this is what I'm feeling. And that's sort of the first step to naming your emotions is if you can't identify, I'm feeling nervous, I'm feeling insecure, I'm feeling afraid. What you can identify is I'm feeling this like sinking feeling in my stomach right? I'm feeling mm. this like tingling feeling in my armpits. So I'm feeling kind of numb in, in my limbs. Like this is what I'm feeling right now in my body. And even that, in, and I'm sure you've done this a lot too, Rachel, is just, it's such a grounding experience yes. when we just name what's going on in this current moment in our emotional experience. And it kind of just brings us back down because we know that when we're experiencing big emotions, we can kind of, you know, feel kind of taken away by them right? And feel like caught up in them. Totally. How do you, I'm, I'm curious because often I, I will hear whether it's in session or at the grocery store, I will hear people say things. Um, I feel like mm. I, and I know that for me in, in my personal life and in my professional life, if I'm one-on-one with someone, I often ask them to, to change the language yeah. and either use an emotion, a physical sensation, or if it's not one of those two, then it's not a feeling. So like change the prefix almost. Yes. yes. Is that something that you come across as well? Totally. Of course. Right. It's, that's not a feeling, not, I feel like, yes. you know, um, I feel like yelling, right? Like that's not right. a feeling. Right. I'm feeling, I feel angry. And that anger is bringing up 
like a desire to yell, to yell. right? Yeah. Thank you. Um, or okay. I feel like you're not doing what I want you to do, right? No, no. You think that <laughs> yes. the person is not doing what you want them to do. And it, your feeling is maybe annoyance or irritation, right? Yes. So really a feeling is what our feeling is, what's happening within us. It's not really like, it's not directly about somebody else, right? What they're yeah. doing, what they're not doing. We are having an experience based on our interpretation of what they are doing or not doing. Right? Thank you. Yes. And so can, my partners get uh, very frustrated sometimes <laughs> with me if we are in conflict and they start saying, I feel like da 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 da. And I'm like, excuse me, that is not a feeling. Can yeah, you please rephrase? And they're like, an okay, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you for, thank you for naming that. <laughs> I want to quickly interrupt this episode to talk about my latest project with Best Self Co. If you don't already know, Best Self Co. is a brand with a range of simple yet meaningful tools that help people achieve their goals, be more productive, and create positive change in their life. I've had the pleasure of working with Best Self Co. on a few projects, the latest being their brand new Intimacy After Dark deck. This 150-card conversation deck is a tool for talking about and exploring sex to bring more connected intimacy into your life. The deck was designed with all relationship structures in mind and includes a conversation framework adapted and approved by me that guides you through consensual and comfortable conversations about sex. Best Self was so kind to provide a code to my listeners so that you can get your hands all over the Intimacy After Dark deck before it's gone. Use the code Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, during checkout at bestself.co and get 30% off the new Intimacy After Dark deck. That's bestself.co and code Rachel for 30% off the new After Dark deck. I want to thank Best Self Co. for being one of today's podcast sponsors. Now, back to our conversation. Yeah. So then that's really, and then, I mean, it, and, and, you know, too, from being two deeply feeling highly sensitive people, we feel things big. Yeah. Right. And so even just that first step of taking a step back when we're having a physio, like when we're having an emotional reaction to something, when something is coming up and just being able to tune in and be like, what is happening with me right now? Like, what am I noticing? And then that combination of physical sensations, we usually put together to identify some kind of label for it, right? So if I'm feeling like a flipping feeling in my stomach, maybe my heart is racing, maybe my breath is shallow, you're like, okay, I would identify that as anxiety. Like I'm feeling anxious right now. And that's what anxiety is for that person, though that kind of combination of physiological sensations or whatever it is that you're feeling. Like maybe you know, you're feeling kind of this like hot feeling in your face and this, you know, maybe like sinking feeling in your belly. And you're like, oh, what is that feeling? Oh, that's jealousy. Like I noticed that I'm feeling jealous right now because that's kind of the word that I would use to describe that. And even that for some people can take some time to really identify it. And I've noticed that I, I do an exercise with people, um, that I find that's really helpful for them, especially for people that haven't really had any practice or encouragement to identify their emotions. And so they really struggle with it. And like, I don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know what to call this. I don't know what this is. So we kind of take it one step removed. And I imagine, I ask them to imagine, like, just notice what's happening in your body right now. You don't have to identify, you don't even have to really know, but just imagine what's happening or sort of pay attention to what's happening in your body. And then imagine that experience as a color. 
Like what color would you put on what is happening within you right now? And someone might say green or they might say pink or they might say red. And then even just this process of being able to identify a color, like say someone says, well, I, I kind of identify, like it feels red, right? There's something about us that's able to identify more with colors. Maybe it's because we are taught art in school, but like not emotional intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I say sure. to them, okay, what emotion would you relate to the color red? And they're like, oh yeah, that's totally, for me, that's anger or that's disappointment or that's fear, right? And they're able to identify that color with an emotion. And it's sort of like this one sort of step outside of it. Sometimes we have a hard time identifying stuff that's going in, but if we take it kind of out and look at it in a different way, then that really, really helps, especially for those, again, who don't really know how to identify their emotions. Like, I don't know what's going on. So that's just a little, a little practice that people Thank you. try. Yeah. yeah. Just the colorball exercise. I know that everyone, not everyone, I know that most people listening um, really appreciate what they have reflected to me that they really appreciate is that I typically will explain a concept and also give them like a tactical tool. Mm -hmm. And I know that you are very similar in that way. And so thank you for, for doing that for everyone listening. Who's like, yes, Awesome. <laughs> I got something to practice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Homework. I have homework. I have homework. So is there anything else around identifying before we go on into managing? Um, yeah. And I think, you know, the, the next part of it, and this is where things start to get a little bit more complex. And this, mm -hmm. this is the part that takes time and energy and work is to be able to say, okay, I'm experiencing in this in my body, right? This is this emotion that I'm feeling, but now I'm going to go up into my head and I'm going to start to play a little bit of a detective and find out what's going through my mind right now, right? What is happening in my brain? What thoughts are going through my brain? What did I make what that person said mean about me? What did I make that cir circumstance or situation? What, what conclusions am I drawing about that? What, what assumptions are, am, I, am, am I making? What perspective do I have on this? Right. So if we kind of look at most situations, I don't like to say all because I'm a therapist and, you know, everything's in shades of gray. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's very little uh -huh. black and white. Yep, yep, yep. But most circumstances and situations in life are neutral, right? They're just events that are happening and they require a human brain in order to have a reaction to that circumstance. Right. They require the human brain to make it mean something, to give a value to it. And we're yeah. getting a little bit heady right now. But like, you know, let's say someone cuts you off in traffic, right? And you might be like, oh my gosh, obviously that would piss you off. But okay, why would that piss you off? Why would somebody cutting you off piss you off? Well, because, you know, they're being rude and they're like being rushy and they're like not considering anybody else. And that's so, that's so lame. Like who does that, right? Like just chill out and like give everyone a chance. We're all trying to get somewhere, right? And you would be angry because that's the interpretation that you have. Mm -hmm. But somebody else might be like, oh my gosh, no, 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 no. I'd feel like super embarrassed, mm. right? To be like, I'm, and then we're like, okay, well, no, it's obvious that if someone cuts you off, it's embarrassing. And you're like, well, why do you feel embarrassed? Well, because maybe they think that I'm like a bad driver or I'm not going fast enough. I'm not being aggressive enough. And so they're annoyed with me because I haven't been driving very well. And now I'm embarrassed that I've been, you know, they probably think I'm a lame driver. Right. And someone else would be like, well, no, you wouldn't feel embarrassed. I would feel like really like, concerned like where is this person getting and going to in such a hurry and like why do they think that they need to like 
you know, go racing through traffic. I wonder if like, something are they okay? Their, yeah, if something happened to their child, yeah. or you know, that like their spouse is in labor, right? Like it's this human brain, like someone cutting you off in traffic is just somebody moving quickly in front of you in, you know, in a in a rapid way, right? Mm -hmm. It's a neutral event. But a human brain has to interpret that as something in order to have a reaction to it. This depending, is, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 you go, you go. No, I was just gonna say, and depending on where you live in the world, for some people, it's like absolutely unacceptable to cut someone off in traffic. And that's just like such a big deal. And in some countries, it's like, yeah, there's like a billion people that live here. If you're not getting in there and nosing in and getting aggressive where you can, you're not getting anywhere. That's just the way things go. There's nothing wrong with it, right? Right. Right. It's like, so two things popped into my head when you were saying this. Number one is the meaning, like sh mm. the Gottman's concept around shared meaning and how in a couple, if we both see, we could be talking about money, but really be talking about two different things. If totally. money doesn't mean the same thing to us, or we don't understand the other person's meaning. And then the other thing that popped into my head is um, my partner, Ashley, has uh, been in a DBT group for a while. And the she's talked about it and has graciously allowed me to talk about it uh, on social media. So consent to bring up consent. here, uh, yeah. But what it it's one of the tools that she's learned is exactly what you're describing, which is check the facts. What are the facts? And the fact is, the car came in front of my car very quickly. Yeah, That's the fact was event. not any of the other things <laughs> that we yeah. that we think or feel afterwards and it's so um, incredible to take a step back when we have a reaction like that and say what are the facts the honeypot is more than the products in your bathroom cabinet it's embracing that time of the month it's staying balanced through the ups and downs good sex and bad sex. It's exploring, it's learning, it's plant-derived. Powered by herbs and science, the first complete personal care system to get you what you need when you need it. Check out The Honeypot at Target, Walmart, Walgreens, and on thehoneypot.co. You can enter code RACHEL20, that's R-A-C-H-E-L-2-0, for 20% off your first Honeypot order on thehoneypot.co. What, what's this, if I was to just describe this neutrally as somebody who's not directly involved in it, how would I describe it? And it just yeah. made me think too, when you said that shared meaning, especially in relationships, like what that looks like and how often we make assumptions and our brain has nope. thoughts, right? And I've got, to, I've got to tell you an example that happened recently with my, with my best friend. Please. Um, yeah, I was at her house and we were, she lives out, they live way out in the sticks now, but still go out there quite often with the kids and we have a good <laughs> time together and the kids play and we sit and drink wine and visit. But anyway, so she was, we were sitting in the kitchen and she said, she was talking about another friend and she's like, you know what? I just feel like I'm always initiating with this friend. And I find it really hard. Cause like, I think I'm just going to stop trying so hard to initiate because, you know, it just gets discouraging after a while. And I looked at her and I said, Aaron, I always initiate with you. Ooh. And she was like, you do? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, it's okay. Cause I get it. Like I, uh -huh. I'm fine with it. And it's just how our relationship works. 
And, you know, I think my threshold of like amount of time between us seeing each other is, you know, a little bit less or more, <laughs> whatever, however we say it. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So I, I usually am like, I'm ready to see her before you are. So it's okay. And I, I don't take that as a reflection that you don't love me, that you don't yeah. value our friendship. But I just sort of have accepted that if we're going to spend time together, it's going to be on my initiation. And she's like, I had no idea. I had no, wow. but when you say that, yeah. Because I said to her, when's the last time you like called me up and said, hey, like, let's do something. She's like, huh. <laughs> right. And I was like, it's so much like she's having an interpretation of someone not initiating and making it mean that like it's a one sided friendship. And like, this is like, I don't want to bother. Like, this is just too much. It's not fair. And I'm like, I had a totally different interpretation of the same situation. Yeah. Right. And I and it's yeah. like the same experience and we have different meaning of like different sort of ideas of what it means when someone doesn't initiate. Yes. And, you know, I'm not saying for everyone to be like, if you're always the initiator, you should be fine with that. It really depends too. like if when you're with the person, do you also feel like it's one sided? And then maybe there it's time to kind of look at the friendship. That's, but if when you're together, yeah. you're having a great time, you're connected. The person wants to see you love being together. And that's how it is with Aaron and I. So don't take it personally. I'm like, yep you know, but it's like a different meaning and you can so see fascinating. same situation, two totally different interpretations. She interprets it one way with someone else, but doesn't see it from yep. the other side. Yeah. And thinking about how often this happens in couples, any close relationship. Oh, it, so many. I, I even with my mom not too long ago had this conversation where she had the idea that if I didn't call, I didn't want to talk to her. Mm. And I am notoriously bad at calling people like me staying in touch with long distance people not good and it has nothing to do with how much i love them it has yeah. nothing to do with how much i value the relationship i fucking suck at it like yeah. i am so bad at it and my mom knows this right but still she could say it factually she would say Rachel absolutely sucks at staying in touch long distance. But then when it comes to her or when it came to her, it was that must mean she doesn't want to talk to me. And we we had this conversation of, you know, basically, if you know that this is something that I'm not great at, an area of opportunity for me, why would it mean something so yucky about you and our relationship? And then there were all these stories around, you know, if if she called me, she was bothering me. And I was like, no, you're helping me. You're helping me stay connected with you. You're you're actually doing me a service by calling. And it's so fascinating because we're still kind of figuring it out. And I've always been bad at not calling. So it's it's really it's a fascinating thing. I'm I'm definitely I'm one of those people that when I'm present, I'm have worked really hard to be very present and so it's like truly not out of sight out of mind like i think about people but because i'm so present with the people that i'm with i don't think to call the other people to connect yeah and that's in right and you see that as well like this is the circumstance it's a neutral circumstance rachel calls this frequently mom calls this frequently it's just a fact but yeah. what your mom then her brain has made it mean is she doesn't really value me very much she doesn't really care about me and so then she feels sad she feels yep. hurt she feels rejected right but the fact is this is the frequency this is the frequency and then a human brain needs to decipher and create a meaning around it and the meaning can be like in my friend Erin's situation where she's like this is a one-sided friendship i don't want to do this anymore and my interpretation of the same situation is 
you know, I'm just typically an initiator in this relationship and she always like responds or, you know, we figure out another time if what I ask doesn't work, but she like engages and, you know, she's involved in the planning process. So it's fine with me. Right. I don't yeah. feel like she's avoiding me or like secretly trying to like snuff <laughs> me out of her life. Like I don't yeah. know. Right? And when you're together, it's wonderful and it's lovely. Wonderful. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, yeah. There's no feelings of like, Oh, maybe I'm trying, I should catch the hint here. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so it's just so interesting how, you know, these neutral circumstances are, we need a human brain and a human brain is going to interpret them in different ways and create different experiences for ourselves yeah. from that. And so that's like, emotional intelligence. Well, I was going to say it's 101, but it's kind of like 402. <laughs> it's like advanced, <laughs> advanced emotional intelligence, just that it in is. and of itself. Yeah. yeah. Figuring no, out it's what's true. going on and what, you know, cause we can be like, no, this is, this is the way that it is. And this is what's happened. If this person does this and, or doesn't do this, this is what it means. But like, does it? Does yeah. it have to? Is that a fact or is that an assumption? If the person has said, I'm not calling you because I'm avoiding you because I don't like you. Okay. That might be a fact, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Otherwise. <laughs> but then again, it takes a human brain to take those words and yeah. either be okay. Like we've grown apart or we're no longer friends or like that's sad, but it, you know, obviously if this is a person doesn't want to be with me, then I'll move along yeah. and our brains can make it mean that, or our brains can make it mean, oh my gosh, this person doesn't want to be friends with me. I'm a loser. I'm a reject. I'm unlovable. Mm. Nobody loves me. And like, I'm just going to be alone. And like, I'm not even going to bother. Cause like, I'm just, no matter what happens, I'm just going to get rejected by everyone. Right. So yeah. again, set of words, my brain gets to decide how I'm going to receive that. And I can have two totally different experiences in my emotions based on what I make that mean. So do you think that that decision of meaning is part of managing 100%. Okay. That's how we manage our emotions yeah. is really getting in charge of our thoughts. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's easy. It's not, I'm, I, you know, what I <laughs> no. teach is not like positive thing. Like just think positive and everything will be fine. Oh no. Like, what I teach more so is like, just really practice responsible thinking. Yeah. Right. Like, is it responsible to say that if someone doesn't like me, that I'm unlovable and no one's ever going to like me? Like, is that responsible? That doesn't feel super responsible. That feels a little <laughs> bit like, like a little intense, right? Like, yeah. and there's probably a lot of, of, um, evidence to reject that theory. Cause I'm guessing that someone else in your life has loved you and probably still mm -hmm. loves you. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. We're just practicing a little bit more like reasonable or responsible thinking. Um, it's not saying like, oh no, this person doesn't like me. So like they're lost. Everyone else loves me. I'm the best <laughs> human in the world. Like sucks <laughs> to be them, right? Like, yes. Lawanda Massager is a woman-founded luxury vibrator brand that brings unparalleled quality to a notoriously sketchy industry. Lawanda originated as one hell of a classic wand, all the power you could want with an award-winning design to match, and has now become a full line of best-in-class, heart-pounding, hair-raising toys designed with pleasure in mind for all bodies. Take 25% off your order at lawandmassager.com using code RachelWright. Okay, let's say somebody can identify the emotion. Yeah. They have then managed it and figured out what it is, why, how they're feeling, the whole thing. And they're like, okay, I want to tell someone 
whoever the person is in this situation, how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. I want to communicate this. Mm-hmm. I know <laughs> I, I've done an episode on how I set up com- conversations like this. So I want to just fully toss the ball over to you. How do you help people communicate their emotions? Oh, I love this. So I mean, it's, of course, again, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I love, and it's a really, really helpful tool, it requires sometimes putting your pride and your ego aside, but it's going to make all the difference in how a message is received. And it's a skill that Dr. David Burns, who's one of the creators of cognitive therapy. So I do, I teach a lot of cognitive therapy interlaced with mindfulness and self-compassion. Love, it. Um, Love David really, Burns. Right. I did training yeah. with him. I did an intensive training oh. with him early on in my career. And it was like brilliant genius human. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So good. But he, yeah. I knew he talks a lot about effective communication And he says, you know, one of the secrets to effective communication, it's called softening the startup. And so before you go into a complaint, complaints are completely reasonable. Like I didn't like this. This wasn't okay with me. I had a problem with this. Please don't do this. Right. This is an issue, right? It's okay to complain in a relationship, but always softening the startup by finding something like trying to put yourself in the other person's shoes and trying to find something genuinely positive to say about them. Mm. Right. So let's say you're talking to your partner and you're like, you know, um, they didn't text you all day and you're feeling kind of neglected, right? You're like, I texted you in the morning and I haven't heard from you all day. And just being able to say to them, instead of being like, how come you're like so uncaring that you like didn't even text me back? What's your problem? I do so much for you and you couldn't even do that, right? That's going to get up their defenses and they're going to be like, well, screw you. I do this and this and this. It's going to turn into a whole thing. Uh instead of being like, Hey, I know that you had a lot going on today and like, you were really busy, but you know, when I text you and don't hear back, I feel kind of like forgotten, you know, I feel like kind of unimportant and I don't like that feeling. Can we work on this? Like, is this something that we can figure out? Yes. I see such a, like this, this Rachel's face is about to explode. (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing because so, okay. I put together a, uh, three-step framework for people to have these conversations. And I've used a lot of different techniques, some Gottman, some nonviolent communication, some cognitive stuff and like mush them together. And the first step is called acknowledge, which is, I know you've had a really hard day, or I know we haven't had sex in six months, or I know that the last time we had this conversation, it was really hard for you. And it's it's exactly what you're saying, which is why my face was exploding over here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I know that exactly. And that's just, it's trying to put yourself in like, not assuming that the person's being a jerk on purpose, right? Yes. Like giving the people that you love the benefit of the doubt. Right. And even if they were being a jerk, they probably weren't doing it because of you. They were doing it because they're struggling with their own stuff and they're going through their own things. And sorry, there's a motorcycle driving by. <laughs> it's very loud. All good. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and just assuming the best out of your partner, which is sometimes hard to do when you feel like when your thought is not, you feel like your thought is they're not pulling their weight. They're not giving enough. They're not doing enough. Right. And just being able to say, like, I know you've got a lot going on and I know that like you've been stressed lately. Um, but when I come home and the kitchen is a disaster, it's really frustrating because like I've had a long day too. And you know, then I have to do it all. So I am wondering if this is something we could figure out how to do better right? Like maybe you do it this night. I do it this night. Or maybe you do this part of it. I do this part of it. Like we just, we figure this out, right? Yeah. Again, it's softening the startup. I know you've got a lot going on too. It's not just about me. Um, but this is my experience. Can we figure this out? 
So let's, can you do one more example for, for us? Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think of things. Um, you could do, what about the friends not calling? Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, even a situation like that, it was like, I know that I tend to initiate and I said to her, and I know that, you know, my kind of threshold for wanting to see you is like shorter than yours for me. And I get it. Like you have a lot going on, you know, like, um, yeah. And, and she's more of an introvert as well. And I'm a total extrovert. Um, I said, but you know, if every once in a while you could just, if I haven't, if we haven't had plans for a while, um, if you could just text me and just be like, Hey, like, do you want to do this? Or just every once in a while, if it, if you think of it, just sort of text me and say, Hey, can we get together sometime soon? And then asking, checking yeah. in and being like, is that, is that something reasonable? Or is that something yes. that you think that you can do? And uh, more, more often than not, if you've softened that startup and tried to understand where they're coming from and then like made your complaint and made your request. And then more like more often than not, they're like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. yeah. I can work on that. Yeah. It's the request piece too is so key because when we just toss, even if we do all of this work, right, we sit and we're like, okay, how do I feel? We're And like you said, that's so much work. Like it's this whole first section of your program. You sit and like you figure it out and then you're like managing it and you're holding it. And then you go to communicate it. If, if you just kind of like toss it on to someone, it, they're often like, okay, what do you want me to do with this? Like, how do yes. I manage your feelings? How, I'm have I'm, this is enough work to manage my feelings. Like, what do I, I, I have this ball of your feelings. What, yes. what do you want? And then it can come off. Um, the, the anxiety there could come off as defensive or like, why are you telling me this? Or like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Depending yes. on how, you know, heated things feel. And so that that request is so, so imperative. And I, I don't know if you find this, Julia, but I have found often that both for myself and my clients, that often the request is actually something that we don't think about. And we sometimes don't think about what we actually want. Yeah. And sometimes our partners will pick up on it and we'll be like, hey, like I find it hard when I don't hear from you all day and like texting helps me stay connected to you. And I don't need you to text me every five minutes, but just like a little check-in or a little re reply to my text, like throughout the day would just, it's just, I really like that. I like feeling connected to you in that way. And they might be like, you know what? Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm going to work on that. Or, you know, some people, some of the partners will pick up on it and be like, yeah, like I like that. Like, it's not something that I, that's been like a priority for me, but I could definitely work on that. Or you could say like, is it possible? Like, for you to just like check in or like reply to me at some point that's not like 12 hours later um just i want to just kind of be a part of when we're not together i want to just sort of feel like i'm still connected to you in your love life it. love it and, right and and is that possible and they might be like you know what no like i don't like having my phone with me all the time it's not personal like no that has mm -hmm. nothing to do with you i just i don't like being tied to my phone and i just need to leave it places sometimes which means that i don't make that a priority. And you might be able to say like, okay, like actually I get that, right? I respect that. You don't want to have your phone on you all the time. I'd rather have a partner that didn't have their phone on all the time than the par a partner who had their face glued to their phone 24 seven, like quite honestly, for me personally, uh -huh. uh, right? I'm like, okay, yeah. right? right? Okay, yeah. I get that. Or they might be like, you know what? Yeah, it might not be like every 15 minutes, but like every few hours, I would love to just like 
have, you know, reply to you and just sort of stay kind of that connected throughout the day, but maybe not all day. Oh, I love this so much. In the very first episode of this podcast, we talked about how to talk about sex and other intense topics with your partner. And I mentioned working with a company that I love and have partnered with called Best Self Co. They're the company that I created the Intimacy After Dark deck with. Well, I love the team over there. And as a thank you for listening to this podcast, we are combining forces to give one lucky listener per episode a free Intimacy After Dark deck. What do you have to do to enter? Visit bestself.co slash Rachel. Plus, don't forget that they are offering all my listeners 30% off the new After Dark deck. Again, visit bestself.co and use promo code Rachel. Okay, so I'm going to put links to all of your brilliant YouTube videos, your social media, everything below. So we won't wrap with that. But what I do want to wrap with is if you could give two pieces of advice to people around this topic. Yes. Stop. What would you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like right away. Stop before you speak. Take a moment. Take a beat. Take a breath. Take a break. Take a bath. Whatever it is you need to do, just when we are activated emotionally and you have these big emotions come up, often we think we need to like spit it out right away. But just take a second. Get curious. What's going on? What's coming up for me right now? What am I making this mean? Why am I feeling this way? What's 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 just like happening inside my brain and my body right now? And can I just take a moment and get curious about that and take a moment to kind of calm myself and breathe and ground myself and then really get in there and be like, okay, how do I want to address this instead of just reacting without thinking, like unconsciously reacting instead of mindfully responding. And it doesn't mean that you're never allowed to have things that bother you or that you find difficult, but you're, but you're showing up in a way, call it like clean and classy communication, right? Just keeping it clean and classy, not loaded with criticisms or accusations or passive aggressiveness, being able to say like, this is my experience. This is how I'm feeling. This is what I want. Is this possible? Can we figure this out? But again, also to softening that startup, giving the other person the benefit of the doubt, um, not assuming that people are sucking on purpose. Yes. <laughs> um, so I guess that's lots of piece of advices, but the main part is to just stop, like just take a beat, take a beat before you speak. Thank you. I adore you. You're, we're going to have to have if Okay. So if any of you listening are like, I also love Julia, let us know what topics you would love to hear the two of us talk about. Because as you can tell, we have a lot of overlap and we have differences. And so we can talk about lots of different things. Um, so if there are things that you're like, oh, I would love to hear a conversation about blank, let us know. We'll get back together. Julia, thank you so much for being here. It's been my joy. Oh, such a pleasure. You're amazing. Thank you. you thank amazing. you. <laughs> That's all for today, you sexy folks. What questions came to mind as you were listening? Continue the conversation with me over on Instagram at the right underscore Rachel. And don't forget, please leave a rating and a review so that we can continue erasing shame and stigma together. <laughs>